such a slog. This was such a letdown. I'm so mad. I was expecting fun. The first one was fun. The Brandy one is fun. I just thought that there would be jokes at some point. I thought there would be, uh, yeah, you know, a joke or, you know, a character development or a, a relationship expounded upon of any kind. I don't know. I, welcome to the Cinderella podcast. I resent this. What are we doing here, Liv? Regretting our life decisions, Talon. I regret. We are watching and reviewing every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on and regretting it and discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I think we should move the word slowly from that, I think. It's happening faster than it's I thought happening. it would. I, I thought the Cinderella series would be more, uh, I thought it would be less insane. I thought we would, I thought this process would take longer. Anyways, I'm Liv. I'm Talon. And today we watched the 1965 Cinderella, which I'm gonna go ahead and call the other other Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. We could also go with like, cheap knockoff Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella because it didn't feel real. It just brought nothing to the table. Like it brought nothing to the table. And it was, I mean, it was adapted less than 10 years after the Julie Andrews one. Yeah, 65. So, so they really, they really must have thought they had something. And they did not. Um, they they had color and they used it poorly so <laughs> this was also a made for tv film based on the rogers and hammerstein cinderella that featured julie andrews the 1957 one was this also filmed live this was not filmed live oh well then it, it can go well then it can go sit in a corner and think about what it's done that's what it can do this mm. was filmed on videotape and broadcast on CBS at a later time. That does explain some of the film quality. Yeah. Yeah. So in a lot of the scenes, whatever's in the middle of the screen is in focus, but the edges of the screen are extremely blurry. It makes it feel like everything is really tiny and you're using a fisheye lens inside yes. a dollhouse. Yes. It does I also feel got like that. a weird Mr. Rogers neighborhood film yes. quality vibe. So you got that because the set was made out of Legos and styrofoam. The trees were <laughs> styrofoam. They were just styrofoam. They were. Cones. They were literal cones. Yeah. So when we say literal, we're not being millennials. They were actually physically made of styrofoam and not in any way attempting to disguise themselves. I guess we should set the scene. Okay. How does this once upon a nightmare begin? <laughs> so it begins with this like very detailed painted backdrop and there's sparkly stuff in front of it and there's like a castle behind and the prince and his I don't know crew La lackeys lackeys entourage entourage they all come in on horses and they give us this exposition dump the prince has been gone for a year are you drinking already no <laughs> I can't blame you. The prince has been gone for a year. He's been fighting dragons. fighting dragons and saving princesses and outwitting magicians, which yeah, that felt like an odd odd pose to take, but okay, I'm I'm on board. So yeah. he's tired and thirsty. So the prince is like, I'm dying of thirst. Let's go stop at that cottage. And Cinderella's there. And Liv, will you describe what Cinderella looks like? 
She looks like a very young Leslie Ann Warren because she's played by a very young Leslie Ann Warren. She's got oh. dark hair. It's held back in a ponytail. It's a she's low got, ponytail. That's low how pony- you know she's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a low ponytail. She's got bangs. Uh, she has a single smudge of soot across one of her cheeks. She's very wearing, strategic. She's wearing a an orange undergown with a green sort of kirtle on top of it. All the costumes in this are very 12th century. Think very Robin Hood with the high waists and the sort of off the shoulder low V cut. Very 12th century with the stereotypical long pointy hat with the dangly veil that comes off of it. It's that look. It's that look, but she's poor. So she's just wearing what is essentially a kirtle over smock over an orange dress, which by the way, is my ideal outfit of choice. It it looks like it has good pockets. It looks comfy. It looks sturdy. It's pretty. She's also wearing an orange kerchief on her head. <laughs> Everyone in this movie looks kind of like they're wearing uh, the things that are worn by people in Jan Van Eyck paintings. And he's yes. the guy in which everyone in his painting looks vaguely like Putin. So yes. if that helps at all. Yeah. Um, we then get a weird conversation where she is afraid to open the door to the prince. His lackeys proceed to describe what she's doing, which is looking out at them through the window. She does eventually come out. They they do ask a question that I proceeded to ask myself for the rest of the film, which is, what do you suppose is wrong with Yon Wench? Yeah, they use the word lass a lot. And throughout yeah. this whole movie, uh, dear listener, I would like you to know, they over-enunciate everything. Every single thing is spoken like this. And they do not use any contractions. No one sounds like a real person, even for a second. No, it's aggressively bad. So Cinderella comes out and she agrees to give him a glass of water, a pitcher of water, a spoonful of water. I don't know. And one of the pages helpfully narrates this for us and goes, ah, her kindness has overcome her fear. They also refer to her as a slavey, which I didn't like. That was a gross moment. We then get this bizarre conversation between the prince and Cinderella. The prince asks her, what's your name? She says, Cinderella. Why? Because I sit in the cinders. Why? Because I sleep in the attic where it's freezing. Why? Because the other rooms are occupied. By whom? By my step family. Where's your father? Where does your father sleep? In heaven. It's a, it's a Tom why what are those jokes called it's the the poor tom stories there's an old series of stories of what happened while i was gone servant tom the dog died master how did the dog die tom from when the house burned down master how did the house burn down tom from the candles of your wife's funeral master like it's it's a it's a specific genre of joke where it gets progressively worse as you begin to tell what happened while you were gone anyways it's that and I but actually did find that funny. funny. Somehow I, not funny. They didn't make it funny. I was laughing at it, but it wasn't funny. So, yeah. She says, oh, he sleeps in heaven with this weird facial journey where at first she looks really perturbed and sad and then she smiles like blissfully. Every acting choice that Leslie Ann Warren has made for this is just really questionable because Cinderella comes across 
It's very childlike. Very childlike. Uh, extremely sheltered. And uh, disclaimer, I love Leslie Ann Warren. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. For those who don't know, she plays Miss Scarlet in Clue. And she plays Norma Cassidy in Victor Victoria. And she's in another fairy tale theater. And she's just, she's a riot. She's a hoot. I love her. She is comedic gold. That gold does not appear anywhere in this movie. She has all of this talent and comedic timing and she can act because I've seen her in multiple things in which she did different things. Yeah, really well. Different things really well. And she just doesn't has chosen not to. So this whole time, Cinderella doesn't seem to know that he's the prince up until one of the pages goes, your highness, we must go. And then she sort of whispers at his retreating form, goodbye, your highness. So then the prince and his lackeys talk about what she just said to them, which was, oh, I heard the prince was off saving princesses and finding his true love. And the prince goes, but I haven't found my true love. And the lackey goes, well, maybe if you had spent any time at all with one of those princesses you'd rescued. And the prince says, no, I, jangly keys, no. And proceeds <laughs> was to- like. I could tell none of them were worth spending more time with. When she appears, I will know. So let's describe the prince physically. Okay, you do that. Okay, so he looks like a very nice Italian man from the 80s who is very charming and debonair and is polite to your mother and your father likes him and you get married because you get their approval and he immediately starts cheating on you and when you call him out on it he starts hitting you because he's an abusive alcoholic gaslighting asshole he looks like that i feel like you're bringing a lot to it i thought that he looked like a very generic ken doll with plastic hair in the side part i was getting a lot of real pre-gaslighty vibes from him i didn't like him he felt stilted. He felt slimy. He felt disingenuous. I didn't like him. I will agree that he felt disingenuous, but I think that was just because he's a bad actor and he was okay. trying so hard to emote and he just couldn't. Yeah, he was reasonably attractive in the very generic sort of dark hair, dark eyes features exist, I guess. Um, his voice was okay. He then sings a song about how he has not found his true love and he ends this song on a high note held for a really long time so long and so high that i i thought he was castrated i don't have a comment on that but uh some of the things that he sings are you know he asks the moon how soon will my love appear to me (laughs) and then he repeats it again but he stretches out the two so that it goes on for half an hour. And then he stretches out the me. So that goes on for half an hour. And someone's like, your highness, we must go on. And he's <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So. He also looks like he's swallowing a yawn when he sings. Because his, he's very intense, but kind of pinched looking. His teeth are also aggressively large and, large and white. I, I felt like I was being attacked through the screen by the sheer size of his teeth. They were very aggressive teeth. So after all that, 
we get to like the city center scene where everything's colorful and everyone's just so excited that the prince is back excited is 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 excited the word we want to use are they excited yeah is that not what i said you said excited i thought they were very active but their faces were all very completely blank so i felt very animatronic they were all very activated upon his return well listen if we were to take everything that happens literally as if every acting decision (laughs) as if everything that happens was an acting decision and not just a failure of acting Mm -hmm. we would have watched a very different movie that's that's true the town also looks like it's on the set of blues clues by the way just I don't mind that the set looks hokey I mind that everything was weirdly yellow green tinted no I minded the hokey because it was there's a a level of hokey where you just say hey look we're not spending a lot of money on backdrops and then you spend that money on you know other things and this didn't seem to do that it just seemed to think that it had done an okay job with the scenery and backgrounds which it did not the scene also doesn't go anywhere <laughs> no no nothing happens um we then cut back to cinderella who's and hanging her, out with some mice who's yeah literally just hanging out with some mice staring vacantly into the corner <laughs> her step family arrives at home and we're in the julie andrews version we got a really great comedic bit of the stepmother and sisters telling her to do things and asking her to do things and we got this great funny bit with the window opening and closing here we just get this incredibly long list of the stepmother going have you done this have you done that have you done this have you done that and cinderella goes yes 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 and then the stepmother finally runs out of things to do and she goes well couldn't you find anything else to do and it's i think that was supposed to be a funny moment it's like an anti-joke where nothing that they say have any inflection to signal to you that this is the punchline. Mm-hmm. But it's also not deadpan humor. It's just... It's just bad. It's just bad. It's just bad and not funny. So they all talk about how lovely the prince is and how, how handsome he is and how regal he is. And Cinderella chimes in that he's so polite. And Which... they go, how do you know? And she goes, I've heard. I've heard it said. But she doesn't do it in like a tricksy sly way like we saw with Julie Andrews who oh, was no. kind of like no getting away with something. She just literally forgot that she's not supposed to know who the she, prince is. Which will be a theme throughout the entire film. She just forgets that she's not supposed to have seen the thing, talked to the person, gone to the place. She just forgets. Because I don't know if we mentioned it before, but her stepmother forbid her from letting anybody in. Which she immediately blows by letting her stepmother know that a traveler with quotes on it came by and she gave him some water. So she's not even good at basic lying. Yeah. So we then get introduced to the stepsisters whose names are Esmeralda and Prunella. (laughs) I do like Prunella as a name. Talent, can you describe the stepsisters oh absolutely it's the golden girls it is it's the golden girls but not funny or charming yes it is every bad thing about the golden girls what we're saying is that the sisters are the same age as the stepmother or slightly younger but the youngest of them is definitely in her 40s 
And Cinderella, by the way, looks 16, 17, extremely young. So we find out what's wrong with each of the stepsisters. Esmeralda bats her eyelashes too much. Uh-huh. And Prunella's knee creaks, which she's then- told to treat with what she told to treat it with Talon do you not remember she's this told, no I do remember this I just I'm so mad at it she's <laughs> told to treat it with unicorn oil and they say it multiple times so they're multiple really committed times. to this line they did, and I think was that supposed to be funny no I think it was supposed to create this sense of fantasy just like the line about him fighting dragons and outsmarting wizards okay but the whole thing felt so small how would you manufacture unicorn oil? You murder a unicorn and you drain it out of all of its you, bodily fluids. But what do you make the oil from? Is it corn pressing? Is it like essence of blood? Do you have to get like the different humors? Is it tears? Is it like the hair? It's bone marrow. It's bone marrow? Okay, well then why is it different from horses? Because unicorns are different and they're magic and they're special. I don't know. The movie does nothing to set this up in any way. We don't see anything magical other than the fairy godmother. Which we will get to. Who didn't like look particularly magical other than the fact that she happened to be magical. She didn't have like fairy wings is what I'm saying. Okay. Sorry. Listeners, you can't hear, but I just made a big face then. Because I would not describe her as looking human. (laughs) just because somebody looks like a robot doesn't mean that they look like a fairy tale creature listen listeners i think we got strong evidence today that david ike's lizard people theory is correct i think we saw a lizard person i think that we would literally rather talk about anything else than this movie we would okay so the stepmother tells her daughters who she doesn't seem to like to go work on themselves because they have to be perfect for the prince and Cinderella is told to just go sit in her corner, which she's like, I love sitting in my corner, which is a very dull thing to say. And she kind of looks off into the distance and goes, he was so thirsty and his smile was so kind. And those are the things that she likes about the prince. We then get the In My Own Little Corner song and it's upsetting. We are filming it upsettingly close to her. We see the backdrop upsettingly close to her, and it is definitely cardboard boxes painted to look like bricks. And the thing is, Julie Andrews plays this as a young woman with a vibrant imagination who is genuinely finding joy in imagining fantasy realms through her household chores. You get the sense with this one that she is just retreating into a an unreality, a fantastic unreality to escape the trauma of her life. And I hated it. She also doesn't try to sell it at all. Like Julie Andrews was doing all these things where she was doing, she was holding herself a different way or she was using a different tone of voice. She's talking about being a prima donna or a princess or a mermaid or like a huntress. And this Cinderella The word you're looking for is- the word you're looking for is acting, by the way. That's, that's the one. That's the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a distinct absence of acting here from Cinderella. Yes. Also, Leslie Ann Warren has a very nasally tone of voice, which can be used to wonderful comedic effect. It can even be used to wonderful comedic effect while singing. It doesn't lend itself well to serious, believable effect while singing. Uh, she was... She didn't really commit to any of the keys real hard. 
got a lot of flats and sharps. A lot of accidental accidentals. She also has the line, I'm as mild and meek as a mouse when I hear a command I obey. And I 100% believe that. Oh, yeah. No, you definitely she... got the, this is, this young woman has trauma. She has definitely been abused. This is unpleasant to watch. I don't like this. Yeah. All right, just... moving on. We got to move on. We got to move on. Unless you have something else to talk about in this scene. We gotta I hate get done. the prince's brown tights is my next note. <laughs> Great. I also hate the prince. I hate all the men's tights. The men are all wearing um, 12th century-esque things. So tights that are supposed to be in non-flesh-toned colors, which they forget a whole bunch. And then essentially a tunic top, which in any decent universe would come at least to the mid-thigh, but in this universe comes exactly to the hip bone and just in combination with them forgetting to not use flesh-colored tights, you get a lot of really uncomfortable outfits. I'm so mad, too, because I usually enjoy men in tights. Right? Normally, that's a fun thing. Normally, that's something I can get behind. But no, no, not in this man. Not in this I, It's usually a good look. There was something about these tights that made everybody's lugs look very tubular. Mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't flattering. Where are all the finely turned calves, I ask you? Nowhere. They left them as well. They're with the humor in a different room. Anyways, the Anyways. prince is ready to do his duty and marry. He just wants to meet the right one. The king is like, we're going to have a ball. Let's invite all the fine ladies of fashion. The prince emotes for a second, for literally one second, and goes, and it looks very stunned that they don't want, that they don't want him to wait to find love, that they want to have a ball for him. And here's the thing. The king and the queen in the first one have such a cute relationship. And there's no no personality in the king and queen whatsoever. They have no personalities. They have no relationship with one another. They have no relationship to their son. There's no back and forth. There's nothing. 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 The queen is Ginger Rogers, by the way. I I will be extremely mad about this later. So just... Bear for in good mind cause that I, that I have a simmering rage Just put that in your pocket yeah the queen at one point says you know it's quite possible that love will follow and the king and the queen do nothing to sell that line they don't look no. like co-conspirators there's nothing they're not but ribbing you, each other you don't get a sense that they had a an arranged marriage and then fell in love you don't get a sense that they fell in love and got lucky you don't get a sense that they love each other you don't get a sense that they even talk to each other on a regular basis it's very boring. Moving on. Moving on. The step family are preparing for the ball. Lots of pointy hats, big padded headdresses. No, no, I can't move this fast. All right. What happens next? So oh, we get the prince is they giving do. A ball the song. prince is giving you a ball song. Right. And it's the one that says his long name and everything. And it's the one where all the girls are like, oh, I wish I could go. I wish he'd fall in love with me. And they suck every kernel of joy oh, from the song. This do. was my this was one of my favorite sequences in the Julie Andrews one, it and they was, ruined it. It was funny. They did all these great montages and clips of women, but they tried to do everything. They didn't use any clips. They just showed everybody that was on the square and just showed different people in real shots, and it didn't work because... They somehow had worse camera work than the one that was filmed live. I don't understand it. I am angry about it. They had all the same jokes. And somehow none of them landed. No one could deliver a punchline. The girls that are like, I wish I was neater or I wish I was sweeter. 
don't do anything to sell us on why they're not that. The girl that says that wishes she was neater, she's not sloppy in any way. She's just present. The girl that was like, I wish I was sweeter, in the previous one, she was like chugging out of a bottle. Well, one, she also says, I don't, she doesn't say I wish I was sweeter. She says, I wish I was demure and meek. And she's just chugging champagne. And it's so funny. It's so, I'm still laughing about it. This girl just has a very resting bitch face and says, I wish I were sweeter. No, you're making it sound funny. I, I tr- I'm trying. I'm trying. She just, says, she just says it like you would order a coffee. I wish I was sweeter. That's it. That was perfect. Oh, my God. That was it. That was it. So they do some weird dancing, and I don't like how they swing their legs because they're kind of like kicking up with their bent knees. Yeah, it's a very... They are attempting to do a circle dance that looks rustic which they have decided to do by just having essentially elbows around like a hoedown parody and then up kicking with knees and it was bad it was bad there are very very easy ways to do a rustic looking folk dance although why you'd want to do a rustic looking folk dance in the middle of a city of people who are going to be Anyways, it's all bad. And then at the very end, there's a close-up on this lady's face. Have we seen this lady? I don't know. It's just there. Her mouth is open. She doesn't say a line. Bam, fades to black. Grinning maniacally in the middle of the screen for one or two frames. It was so good. It was so good. For a second, I was like, oh, is something happening? Do we have energy? Is there vibrancy in this? Nope. No. No, there's not. So, so the stepmother and stepsisters are getting ready for the ball, yep. and I actually love their outfits. Liv, me, will you describe their outfits? Me too. I would like to agree with you. So one of them is wearing blue, and one of them is wearing orange. They have, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Maleficent-esque headpieces with sort of two big pointy horns. The orange one has two big pointy horns. We're both making hand gestures on our head like donkey ears. Just want to say that. Well, like like picture the horns on like a Viking hat. Like that. One is blue and sort of is cut off and the other is orange and goes to points. They have, I think, what are supposed to be pearls going around them and flowy dresses that are actually very 13th century style where they sort they have a cross over and they're high-waisted and they have a soft v and it they have the 13th century had a very specific look where you wanted to have sort of a softer rounder belly because they that do was look was, like maternity dresses a little bit but so very that was, fancy and fun. so if you if you look at fashions of the time that was the look you sort of wanted to have a rounder belly it wasn't that you wanted to be large but it was just it was fashionable to have a silhouette that had a belly because that implied that you were fertile which was what they wanted so sorry I my mom is a fashion history major so I grew up with like a whole bunch of different fashion history textbooks which is why I'm harping on this so I love well I asked you for a reason they were fun I they were sparkly they were in weird colors but the cut wasn't bad they matched ish they weren't garish or they rather they weren't any more garish than anything else right it was 
at the ball a lot of people chose to show up in bright vibrant orange which really confused me and they're just being very mean to cinderella they're also practicing what they're gonna do when they see the prince which is curtsy and then say something to him that's personal well so after hearing what they have planned to say the stepmother counsels them to do something more More personal than what they chose because esmeralda wants to uh, lead with very nice weather we're having for this time of year your highness prunella wants to say your highness looks in tolerable good health and they're both told to keep workshopping that um prunella's knee is still creaking by the way and we get another unicorn oil thing. yes we wanted to double down on that the stepmother then asks cinderella what, what would your opening line be if you were to speak to the prince oh me Talon, oh me please please pick me Talon, <laughs> what does cinderella say with just bambi eyes she looks bambi. earnestly she looks earnestly at her stepmother <laughs> and she says please your highness i would like to be your bride god no she goes please your highness i would like to be your bride it is upsettingly sincere it's so upsetting and then they of course laugh at her because it's an insane opening line the question was what would your opening line be opening line i would love to see somebody use that okay we could have we could have doubled down they could have doubled down on that and made that a comedy moment because leslie ann warren is kind of a powerhouse and she could have pulled it off but no that's not what happened we just got this weird moment where she was asked a question answered honestly if stupidly and then was really meanly mocked for it and i just i didn't like it so anyway cinderella wishes she was going to the ball she is not going to the ball her stepsisters and her stepmother do go to the ball and she does the in my own little corner again this time singing specifically about the ball and she claims that she would be coy and flirtatious which is a line in the julie andrews version as well and i don't believe her no it lands in the julie andrews version it does not land in this one even though it is the same line it is the same line i'm sorry you can't say that your opener to the prince would be do you want to marry me please and then claim that you would be coy yeah those two things aren't the same thing and then she she starts crying she does start to cry and then the fairy godmother appears in a spiral flower screensaver yeah i'm i'm trying to be charitable with the special effects but it's requiring a lot of charity i'm not mad that the special effects are bad i'm not special effects are complicated pre-computers i'm fine with that however if you're not going to spend time or money on your sets or your costumes or your actors or literally anything, I'm also going to make fun of your special effects. <laughs> they could they could have hung gauze in front of the screen. Midsummer Night's Dream from 1935 does a fairy effect by literally just putting a glitter screen in front of their camera and being like, bam, we're in fairyland now. Keep up. And it works. It's fine. It's beautiful. They could have done that. The technology has existed for 30 years. So there's the spiral kind of swirl thing of sparkles, but not very sparkly. I don't want to oversell this. And the fairy godmother appears and Cinderella's like, who are you? Which is another departure from the Julie Andrews version, which she yeah. was like her godmother. Yeah. 
Uh, and the fairy godmother is like, I'm your fairy godmother. I'm made of all your most beautiful dreams and wishes. And yep. Cinderella says, I only have one dream. And the fairy godmother is like, oh, it's to go to the ball. And Cinderella dejectedly goes, oh, I know it's impossible. But it's impossible. And the fairy godmother essentially says, well, you should wish harder. And she goes, oh, I, I am. All the wishes of all the girls who wanted to go to the ball put together, that's, still that's not as hard as, as I'm wishing. That's still not as much as my wish. And the fairy godmother goes, okay. And it, it proceeds to tell her that, like, I'll make the mice into horses and I'll make the pumpkin into a coach. And Cinderella goes, mice into horses? Impossible how could this be and then we get the lead into the impossible song where the very godmother goes well regular people would say that this is impossible yeah so this is a new framing of the song this is um, a reversal this is a 100 percent reversal and while i like that now it's not the fairy godmother being like well no everything you want is too much you know she's instead saying you know sensible people will say this is whatever yeah those things you know nothing's impossible if you want it bad enough but i don't like that in this version cinderella's the one that's like oh no it couldn't possibly oh no it's too much oh no it's it. impossible i hated it I'm, I'm with you that it's nice that the fairy godmother is supporting her. Let's go with. Mm -hmm. But I hate that she's just carrying her. The Julie Andrews one was so believable and so strong because she was like, I was imagining that the pumpkin could be a coach and the mice could be horses. And the fairy godmother's like, no, 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 just no no and she goes no no I'm wishing it I get that it's not a, that it's not possible but I'm gonna wish it you can't stop me from wishing because I'm wishing so hard and the fairy godmother is eventually like all right I'll I'll do it with the paperwork it's fine and this was just so look everybody's had one of those friends right <laughs> where oh I wish I could talk to the boy we'll go talk to him he's over there oh I can't he would never well go talk to him say i'll go say hi for you we'll go over together oh no i couldn't just cinderella was just a wet piece of bread she was just yep just... milk toast wet blanket all of those metaphors that i'm mixing doesn't she matter was... they just smush them all together that was it i hated it the fairy godmother is also wearing a very uh pepto-bismol pink <laughs> 1950s gown with big puffy uh, netted sleeves and sort of a Glinda-esque gown, but not pretty. Um, okay, I loved the weird structured, almost like cape-like thing over her shoulders that looked kind of like wings. They were weird and architectural, and I thought that they were so kooky. I was a big fan. I want to talk about one more thing about the fairy godmother. If you must. She never blinks. It didn't bother me the way it bothered you. We never see her blink. The, as soon as I noticed it, I couldn't stop noticing it. And the more everybody else blinks at a normal rate like people, but she aggressively doesn't blink. 
She occasionally aggressively stares down the camera, but not for long enough to break the fourth wall, just an uncomfortable amount of time. I am positive that she is a gecko and that the cape was hiding her tail. I am positive that the reason she doesn't blink is that she has like an elongated tongue that can just lick her eyelids, like her eyeballs. I'm positive. I'm positive that she was a lizard. I don't think she was a fairy godmother. I think this is why we had mice and rats instead of mice I'm and gonna lizards. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. <laughs> you need to be stopped. No. No, come back. Okay. I'm going to move on either with or without you. <laughs> Oh, I didn't like her wand. It was like weirdly flimsy and it had this almost tassel like cellophane stuff at the end. And she kind of had to hold it at the bottom and at the top because it was floppy if she didn't. It was a twig with tinsel taped onto the end. It was stupid. It was stupid. So we transformed the pumpkin into a very meh, tiny coach. It looks like a painted egg. It looks flimsy. It's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's not pumpkin shaped. It's like egg shaped. It's also extremely small. It's extremely small. It's not big enough for a person to sit in comfortably. It is the saddest carriage we've seen so far. And that includes the one where we only saw like the back end of the carriage in a film made in 1899. That was a very sturdy carriage. This was extremely flimsy. I would not have gone into it. It didn't seem roadworthy. So Cinderella is making a lot of like happy oh noises. She goes, oh, oh, oh. And then a really sad oh yeah because she's realized that she doesn't have anything to wear and she points this out to the fairy godmother who tells her to spin and she does like two full turns before anything starts happening yep and she transforms into this long white dress with this weird like ermine mink top situation so so initially we see the dress from a distance and I really liked it because I thought that it was a correct sort of 1300s dress which the having the little ermine shoulder neck piece was correct that would have been fine and her dress seemed long and flowy and it seemed like it fit so I was initially happy about this it had some weird filigree stuff under the boobs though which I didn't understand so I didn't see that I, I, I missed that somehow so I didn't see it until later so the fairy godmother gives her the midnight warning and then just fades away also the horses are ponies she gives her ponies they're not horses they're ponies she also, before she fades away, she gives her the slippers, which we see her glass as she puts them on. Cinderella's tights are bright yellow. The coachmen are wearing pink tights. Uh, this wearing, has been your tights co- update. The coachmen are wearing flesh-colored tights. And when you kneel, when he kneels down to put the shoe on her, his little tunic slips all the way up past his hips. And at that point, I realized that he was, thank God, actually wearing tights and not just not wearing pants. Because I was unclear until that moment. It was deeply unfortunate. It was. So Cinderella gets in the carriage and she goes alone, this time not with the fairy godmother, but she Mm -hmm. continues to sing the song, the impossible song. And we still hear the fairy godmother singing it, but she's not there. It's just her disembodied voice. We then get a special effect of the carriage and her transportation to the ball. Talon, could you tell me what that was i can't tell you what that was i can tell you that it looked like really bad clip art that was not animated of just the carriage and the horses silhouetted on the sky above the kingdom because i guess they're flying there the horses have a front leg bent and a back leg straight and 
two of those legs move as though it were cardboard. It's a very Santa Claus reindeers across the sky moment. They show it multiple times. They were really proud of that scene. They were, and I don't know why. And then we're at the ball. It looks boring. There's a lot of tall pointy hats, all in extremely garish colors. I was paying so little attention at this point that I have in my notes that the prince says he slew musicians. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He did not. He did not. He slew a few dragons, rescued a few princesses, outwitted a few magicians, the usual thing. The usual things. He is being more polite than the other princes have been. I will give him that. He was being more polite. The other ones were sort of aggressively yawning and rolling their eyes. This good opinion rapidly fades. (laughs) He's doing the thing where he's dancing a little bit with each girl at the ball for a second. They're all color-coded. Everyone's wearing like block colors. If you're wearing a color, that's the only color you're wearing. That's your yeah. top and your bottom and your, bottom and your, and your shoes and your hat everything. and the everything, which I personally appreciated because it made it easy for me to keep track of people. I agree. That part was fine. Normally, so the brandy one is really fun because they have everyone in sort of different shades of blues and purples and teals, mm-hmm. and it's really pretty thematically, visually. Yeah. This one was just orange, hot pink, green, Kelly green bright blue bright purple white red just it was very chromatic well they were so excited about being able to do this in color that they really wanted to get the biggest bang for their buck sure let's go with that. i guess so the prince dances with both of the sisters the um the orange sister is batting her eyelashes too much and he asks her if she has something in her eye uh, she asks him, may I say something personal? And he says, yes. And then she says, I really think personally we're having really nice weather for this time of year, which sounds like it would be a good comedy beat, but, but it wasn't. Not. And he goes, you really shouldn't make such personal comments. Which was a little bit funny. Well, she also apologizes like, oh, I'm sorry. Which at that point, it stopped being funny. I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of mean. Yeah. And he goes, well, I shall send you back to your mother for further instruction, which I did like. That was also funny. It went from this weird, like, funny, mean, funny, mean, funny, mean. So he gets the creaky need sister. She, she tries to say something personal as well. And again, comes up with, you look intolerable health. Neither of them are able to come up with anything new. He then asks her if she can hear a strange sound. And she says, no, laughs loudly, and then says, it's my knee. And, and he then says, he asks her if she could possibly creak in time with the music. So she attempts to, and then she responds with complete deadpan, which was the only comedy beat that landed in the entire movie. I have no control over it. I laughed so hard. It was fine. I thought if they <laughs> landed a joke, then it they wasn't on purpose. One joke. I got that one was funny. But then he's a total dick to her and is like, well, leave. Yeah, he just is done dancing and yeah. he's well no, so the stepmother then approaches to sort of talk about how great her daughters are and uh, he is such he's so rude to her. He I mean and she's being pushy and rude, but he's as a prince. So she comes up to him and she's like, Oh, your highness, I've never seen a more beautiful couple than you and that last young woman you were dancing with, my daughter. And he goes well, she has something that I can't tolerate. And the stepmother goes, well, what's that? And he goes, she creaks. 
I don't understand why this is such a big deal in this universe, why they're acting like she, like, smells bad or something. I don't know. Also, it's funny that her knee creaks because she's 47 years old. She's got arthritis. I just... It was so a weird hard. beat. It was a weird beat. And so then the stepmother then tries to push the first daughter, the blinky one, and he goes, oh, she also has something I cannot accept. And stepmother goes, well, what is that? And he goes, she bats her eyelashes too much. And then just leaves. And the stepmother just looks at her little tiny hand mirror and walks away. And I guess we're done with that scene now. Well, she goes, there's simply no pleasing that prince. Which fair? Well, no, not fair. Her daughters are distinctly unpleasant, but what a rude thing for a host, any host to say, much less a prince of a kingdom. I just... I don't like it. The prince goes to the king and queen, says that he's fatigued and doesn't want to dance anymore. And he's got this line where his parents are like oh what's wrong look at all these fair young maidens and he's like oh, it wouldn't be so bad if I saw them as fair young maidens but instead I see them as contenders for a prize and I am the prize as if that wasn't obvious from the first part of that sentence so right before that we did actually get a different scene we got the close-up of Cinderella arriving at the ball yeah, but um, it was boring and I don't care. It was super boring. Anyways, but this was the point where I first saw the close-up of her dress. And it's a stupid dress. It's got this low <laughs> dropped waistline. It's got a floofy, floofy skirt part, which does spin nicely. So, okay. It's got this weird gilded bodice. Yeah. It was stupid. It was very 1960s. I didn't like it. I was really angry, not only because I now don't like the dress, but because I felt like I was cheated into liking the dress initially. Because they strategically showed it to you from far away. They did. And I was bitter about it for the rest of the movie. (laughs) So Cinderella arrives at the ball and everyone was like, oh my God, who is she? She's so beautiful. That line is said by the queen, by the way, not the prince. Nope. The whole room murmurs. They make eye contact. I have in my notes that they look constipated. She looks like she's going to start crying, but is trying to smile through it. I later dubbed this face the beauty pageant contestant face. Okay. Okay. Where she's one, so she's crying, but she's smiling through it because she's in a pageant. She doesn't look happy is what she doesn't look. So then the scene is just completely silent the entire time she's walking down the stairs. For so long. It's the weirdest choice. It's like a solid minute. It's, It's almost a solid minute of just her silently walking down the stairs, not even any footsteps. She gets to the prince. He kisses her hand. Silence. Silence. And then they start waltzing. But it's not a romantic waltz. It's not a pretty dance. I, her, her skirt is very spinny and I'm real susceptible to spinny skirts. So I It does move beautifully. I resentfully really like that part. <laughs> it's gauzy and sparkly and I, I would definitely twirl in that. The stepmother comments that the prince has a foolish expression on his face, but we don't really see that. No, so we just, they just tell us that. They just. The prince and Cinderella go waltz outside and the lighting fades dramatically to the point that we can't really see them anymore. Not artistically though, just there's not light out here. I guess. And he goes, thank you most kindly for the dance. And she goes, you're most kindly welcome which is like a little echo 
of the way the, that he thanked her for the water before, but he doesn't pick up on it. No, no, I didn't pick up on it either because it was so bland. Like I, I'm getting it now, but it was so stupid. It's just literally just thank you for the dance. You're welcome for the dance. And that's the conversation that they have. Okay, we then get the 10 minutes ago song, which is ruined by the fact that it's been two minutes. We watched the whole thing happen. It has been two minutes. Yeah, there's no buildup. There's not like any, you they know, don't even have a whole dance. saccharine looking in each other's eyes. They, they tried. They tried to have saccharine looking in each other's eyes. And what they got was, uh, I'm having gastric pain right now. Okay, the other thing is the whole point of Cinderella to me is that it's love at first sight and he's so struck by her, but they've already met and like they've had an interaction where he looked her full in the face and it's the same face. It's the and same face. It's minus had, and like, smudge. Yeah, she had a little smudge on her cheek, but like even her updo, which the fairy godmother put a crown on her, which I thought was a little presumptuous. A little but aggressive. But her bangs are the same. Her hair is still her pulled Her bangs back. are the same, so and it's her... the same facial frame. Yeah, so it does not look that visually different. Having your hair in a low pony is not that different from having your hair up. So it just, it didn't work for me as this big, sweeping, romantic no. moment. I thought that he was trying way too hard to look happy. Yes. And she was like, you looked up when I came through the door. And I didn't? Like, yeah, that's literally it. That's literally all that you guys have experienced. He then, part of it is, he sings, we are dancing, but they're not dancing. They're, in the other ones, they're continuing their dance while they sing and they're not doing, so it's really weird. I didn't like it. They don't sound well together at all. Oh, they, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not at all. And then she also keeps doing this thing where she gets like overwhelmed by him singing to her, I'm assuming. So she turns away to face the camera with her back to him. But she Which... does it so many times that oh, you yeah. really get the sense that she's trying to get out of there. Oh yeah, that she, you get the sense that she doesn't want this because what she turns away with is not an enraptured, joyous look. She turns away with a, there are tears in my eyes because I'm really concerned about how I'm going to extricate myself from the situation look she just looks overwhelmed she does i think she'd be overwhelmed by a piece of toast if i'm being honest but you know so they finish the song and start dancing again and immediately it pans back to the stepsisters who launch into the who would want a girl like her song which is my favorite song and they manage to ruin it somehow because none of the jokes are funny nothing lands and it's just sad and bad and bland yeah it was they they tried to do a little bit of the a little bit of physical comedy where they sort of hunch their way across the screen but it doesn't land it's not funny they ruined my favorite song i agreed agreed that is also my favorite song and it wasn't funny they i don't it's the same song it's i the weird thing about this these three is that they're the same songs they're literally identical songs there's already a template on how to do this and make it funny there's it's not like you have to work with new material and you're not sure how to do it it's it's already there for you 
it's an open book test. They failed an open book test is what they did. Hard agree. So the king and the queen announce to each other that the prince seems to have found someone and they're going to do a dance to celebrate the fact that the plan has worked. And you think, you think that, oh, this is why Ginger Rogers is in this movie. She and the king are going to dance. And the 10 minutes ago song starts playing again and everyone is singing it. And instead of having a dance number, you get maybe five seconds of the king and queen dancing. And then they're suddenly off screen and everybody else is dancing instead. And they're back in their chairs in the background. Liv, how do you feel? I'm so mad. I'm so mad. She's on screen for four seconds and this is step kick, step kick. I, it's not even, this Ginger, why would you put Ginger Rogers in a film and then specifically have her dance and have her do five seconds of literally tiny step, tiny kicks, tiny step, tiny kick, tiny step, and then have her be off screen. And then they are sitting down again when we see them again. They're panning. We get a brief shot of them in the background as everybody else is dancing and they're sitting down again. This is- And they haven't had enough time to get back there, by the way. It's a weird cut. They, They dance their way back there. This is Ginger Rogers, who is one of the unmitigated queens of dance she is elegance and grace personified she's funny and she's talented and they have her step kick for 1.7 seconds i'm so angry i'm so angry about this and it's not like she just has a cameo like she's in the whole movie yeah she's the queen she she appears in several scenes and like okay it's weird ginger rogers isn't my favorite actress fine the woman can dance and i just i'm so angry so everyone's dancing in the ballroom and they pan back to the prince and cinderella who are now making out which i thought was kind of funny my comment my note just goes ew smush face kiss (laughs) they're just sucking face i it's very teenagers like behind the bleachers like while the ball is going on their lips are just me pushed together it's it's gross and while they're kissing we hear the clock bell in the distance chime 15 minutes till midnight and the kiss ends and she says what was that and she's referring to the bell but my immediate response was i agree that was a terrible kiss what was that whereas i was like what do you mean what was that that that's the bell tower in your city have you not like wondered what that was before? Which is why I thought it was the kiss, because it was a terrible kiss. I and she go and she says, "I must go," and she just says it completely flat, just like that. I must she go. does, and then we get the prince's dialogue leading into the "Are you beautiful because I love you" song, which is also completely unbelievable because he's just aggressively slimy and non-existent. But at one point, one of his lines leading up to it is, what is happening? And my notes, I have literally nothing is happening, my dude. (laughs) Uh, Cinderella turns away from him again. And then he kind of goes around her and they're facing each other. And there's a really weird camera angle in which his face is like zoomed in on. And there's like a quarter of Cinderella's face showing at the bottom right of the screen. Yeah. So what's happening in this scene is that he is singing to her 
but he's singing aggressively directly into her face and the camera is essentially perched near her shoulder so we're getting the experience of how unpleasant it is to have (laughs) someone sing at your face i did a lot of musical theater in high school it looks romantic when someone sings to someone else i cannot express to you how unromantic it is to have someone singing into your face uh, my notes just say, honestly, really great questions all around. Uh, because they keep asking, you know, this is the song where they're asking, like, uh, am I really in love with you? Or do I just think I'm in love with you? Are you beautiful because I love you? Are you wonderful because I'm in love with you? Those are, and it's actually kind of funny in spite of itself, because the answer is no. She's funny because you're in love with her. She's not funny. This isn't wonder. This isn't wonderful. This is not wonderful. You just think it is. And Um, the question is: Is this a real moment that we're having, or am I projecting all of my hopes and dreams onto this experience? Yes, my dude. You yes, both of you, my dudes. You You are both both are are experiencing the same thing. And the only other note I have is that at one point Cinderella, in part of her song, goes. I don't have any of the lyrics written down, guys. I, I hated this too much to write on any of the lyrics. But she goes, it's so wonderful that you love me. No one said that. Right. At, at this point. She just announces that he loves her, which is a bold move. I was just going to say that's. Well, he, he questioned in the song, do I love you because you're beautiful or are you beautiful because I love you? Okay. But in the other one, there was a declaration of love right before this song started which made the whole thing make sense none of this worked in any way whatsoever which is bananas to me because they'd literally done this less than 10 years ago and all of it worked okay moving on it's midnight she runs away it's midnight she runs away i would also like to run away her clothes get turned back into rags she gives this weird like moan sob and run some more he (laughs) finds her shoe we cut to her in her garden of styrofoam trees and we get a reprise of the are you wonderful song but it's him singing so it's him singing this voiceover and she is sadly interacting with herself just sort of touching her own face and then it stops blessedly because the step family has arrived at home at this point uh a little behind the scenes glimpse for you all (laughs) in the chat that we were having while we were watching this film remotely virtually together we just started talking about the film victor victoria instead (laughs) because we were just so done with this movie so done so the staff family arrives and they're asking her like why are you still up what are what were you doing this whole time and she does her whole oh i was dreaming i was dreaming of the ball we get the imagine song what a lovely night song um it's dumb it doesn't sell at all uh you don't get a moment with them the you don't get a moment with the stepsisters and cinderella really bonding you don't get a moment of shared experience you don't get a sense that cinderella is outsmarting the family or having sort of a joke at their expense she just tells them that she's gone and then goes I mean, I imagine. She literally sounds not like she's goading them or trying to be like, because Julie Andrews, the way she's saying it, 
it sounded like she was actively trying to rile them up and rise, rouse their suspicion. And then right at the moment where they're like, hey, wait a minute, she would sort of be like, oh, but what do I know? I'm just Cinderella. I couldn't but, possibly. But also, Julianna's is very clearly enjoying her own in-joke where she's listening to the stepsisters tell her about how they dance with the prince for hours. And she was there. She knows what happened. She's very clearly enjoying her own personal little in-joke. Leslie is not. Leslie is not enjoying her own in-joke. She's just telling her night and then going, well, I, I imagine, and it, it's exactly that funny. It's just not funny. I don't know that the Cinderella understands the concept of a joke. Nope. Or so has ever this, encountered one personally. So at this point, our chat goes, there are still 30 minutes left. <laughs> to do what? Why are there still 30 minutes left? What happens? Also, we get some close-ups in the um, What a Lovely Night song. And the close-ups are so bad that the outline of Cinderella is in green and her body is in a different color. And it looks like she's starting to plane shift. <laughs> uh, she did look like she might start teleporting at any second. She did. She did. I got a strong teleportation vibe and I was really hoping this would take a sharp left turn because I would have enjoyed that oh, I wish <sighs> I do know more than guess uh anyway the stepmother kind of snaps at her hands her broom she leaves Cinderella continues to sing by herself and then she goes outside and she dances by herself and it's like some kind of ballet moves and then who cares that part's who cares? over who we're cares? back we're in the palace with the prince and his parents yes and we open on the shoe a close-up of the shoe and the prince is talking with his parents and about how he he loves her and this was also the one funny line the king says that this young mystery woman lacks the primary quality of a queen and the queen says with rather a sharp and accusatory tone of voice and what might that be and the king goes well, she shouldn't vanish into thin air. Which is a good point. It's a good point. And it was kind of a funny line. It would have landed a lot better if they had any personality or relationship with one another. But it was still kind of funny. And then, and then they bring up the possibility that she might be bewitched. Which in a way she was. Well, in a, she, she absolutely was. She was put under a spell to look differently. By yeah. the very... So... We then get the, the reprise of the Are You Beautiful Because I Love You song again. It's extra dumb this time. Because, because the king and queen interject in speaking voices while the prince is singing it. By the way, when he looked off into the distance and music began to swell, I wrote in all caps, no more songs. <laughs> yep. So in the Julie Andrews version, it's him talking with his mother. And the queen does interject in speaking tones. But it's very much a mother who is concerned about her son and saying, asking a real question of, well, you know, I'm not saying she's not beautiful, but please think about it. It's very much a, a real moment of connection of a son. No, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. It's just this weird monotone parents being like, is she beautiful? Is she wonderful? I don't know. No. And then we get a voiceover of her singing and we can clearly Cinderella hear Cinderella here singing. Yeah, we get a voiceover of Cinderella singing in harmony with the prince. Well, harmony is the wrong harmony. word. <laughs> singing in tandem with the prince. 
uh, and we can objectively hear that it's not wonderful. And the prince has this expression on his face, like something meaningful has occurred. And this is where he's like, you know, this is, this is it. I'm going to go into the kingdom. I'm going to find her. I would like to say that this would have worked if it had happened at the same time as Cinderella was hearing him sing oh, the yeah. same song multiple scenes ago. Because then that would have been like a sense of connection, mm -hmm. which is clearly what they're going for. They could have missed it by a mile. They could have just split the screen. Because we know that the stepmother sent Cinderella off to sweep. We could have gotten Cinderella sweeping and them having a montage of them both hearing one another sing at the same time. It would have... With their hearts. With their hearts. It would have definitely imbued this movie with a sense of connection. But no, no, we don't do that. We cut to the prince saying that he's going to try the shoe on everybody. And then we get this weird montage thing where we get a bunch of shots of the prince looking sadly into the distance, interspersed with like women trying on the shoes. And then it's just a bunch of overlapping feet in different colored tights. It is, the, it is simultaneously the weirdest and most boring shoe montage I've ever seen. Yeah, not my favorite shoe montage. And I'm starting to develop like opinions about that. I, we're, I think we're going to have some pretty strong opinions about shoe montages by the time we get to the end of this project, just saying. So at so the end of this montage, we open we, on the exact same scene that we started the movie with of them yes. writing in. It's, it is the identical scene, except this time the servant has a pillow with a shoe on it. Yes. And they're basically like, listen, my prince, my guy. It's, it's night time. <laughs> it's it is late. Bedtime. We've been doing this all day. We got to stop. And he's like, I can never rest. And he says, look, there's a cottage in the distance. We'll go there. And of course, it's Cinderella's house because, again, this is how the movie started. I had a terrible moment of, oh no, if this starts again. Could I'm you imagine if it just loops around? No, I quit the show. <laughs> so the stepmother and the stepsisters see that the prince is coming. They send Cinderella out into the garden. And she's disappointed, not because she wanted to try on the shoe as well, but because she just wanted a glimpse of him. Which, which again, is so pitiful. Milk toast. So spineless. So spineless. I just, I get the concept that different heroes and heroines have different amount of personal drive. But I have a really hard time getting behind a completely spineless character. I just don't get the sense that she's willing to fight for what she wants. Oh, she's not. And this is emphasized in just a minute, which we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get so, there. So the prince comes in and they all curtsy kind of awkwardly. And this is the one moment where the knee creaking would have been funny. Oh, it so of course it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It would have been so funny. It would have been a perfect moment to have knee creaking in sort of an awkward silence where it's just the creaky knee. But no, the knee doesn't creak. So he doesn't that, even have a moment of like, oh my God, it's you guys. No. They just go on with the process of trying no. on the shoe and it's, it doesn't fit. We obviously. were so mad. Our notes were like, this was a basic comedy moment. Why didn't you give me this? It was just so simple. And it's the only possible punchline to the setup that they've created. And if they didn't use this as the punchline, that meant that they thought it was funny on its own, which it which wasn't. It's not. It's not. So the stepsisters both try on the shoe and I have in my notes that they make very sad toilet sounds. 
I didn't even write anything at this point. I was just like, mm, who cares? They fail to fit the shoes on their feet. The stepmother, try, she, she tries to try the shoe on and the servant just looks at her and goes, are there any other young maidens in the house? And the stepmother says, no. And so they leave. And Cinderella is in the garden and they walk past her without seeing her. She goes to approach them, is too afraid to approach, starts to cry and backs away into a corner just sobbing. And then we get sparkles again, and the fairy godmother appears and is like, well, why are you weeping now? Which suggests to me that she is summoned by the tears of Cinderella. So Cinderella's like, well, he's leaving, and I can't go to him. And the fairy godmother, as if speaking to a toddler, says, well, hasn't he traveled quite a long time? Isn't he sad and weary? he would probably like some water. Why don't you go offer him some water? And Cinderella's like, yes, I will offer him some water. She gets the look on her face as though someone has given her the answer to the life, universe, and everything question. She just is glow in her eyes. She's enraptured. And we're just like, he's right there. He's right. He's right there. I don't need a Cinderella that'll like throw an apple at the prince for stealing the horse i do but i would like a cinderella i do that (laughs) i'm just saying i can live with a cinderella that's like more demure and i can even appreciate that this is a struggle for her because the prince is right there but they're also still a world apart because she's wearing rags but they do nothing to telegraph this there's no sense of interiority there's no sense of struggle within her no she's just it does it does sort of play into the extreme trauma that this woman has experienced i believe it but they also don't explore that uh at all so if they play this as this woman has been extremely abused and has that the thing where you can't leave your abuser and you're just stuck there not stockholm syndrome but just trouble leaving your abuser if they if they leaned into that it would be more believable but they don't so she goes and she offers him water and they proceed to have the identical conversation that they had in the beginning as if it's meaningful she's also clearly crying as she's serving him water the whole time and he is just like lass thank you kindly for the water you're kindly welcome for the water it was he's like we have spoken these words before and she goes, yes, your highness. And he goes, he goes, not just here, but in a moonlit garden. No, you haven't. I mean, they did. No, they didn't. She didn't ask him for water. They haven't spoken these okay. words. In a- he said, thank you for the dance. And she said, you're welcome kindly for the dance. Whatever. The point you're is, fair. these are the only words that they have spoken to each other other than what was said in song. And so it's the only thing that their entire relationship is based on. But, you know, he kind of realizes who she is before the slipper and he commands that they bring the slipper over and he puts it on her. Well, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So he goes Oh, let to... this be over. No, Come I'm on. not quite done. He goes to touch her face because he realizes that it's her and the stepmother rushes out and shrieks at Cinderella to, to leave, you know, don't, she, she just yells. And the prince yells and commands her to stop and then brings over the shoe and has her try the shoe and it fits. Congratulations, we can move on now. Oh, fine. And then the fairy godmother like waves her wand and she gets the dress that she was wearing at the ball 
and, and the, the stepsisters and stepmother bow for some reason everybody else everybody curtsies i don't know why she's still cinderella she's just wearing a pretty dress now we fade to flowers and then my notes go a jellyfish wedding yeah they're carrying these decorations through the city that have these curling tendrils it's very jellyfish looking it does and there's lots of them there's lots of people they're very clearly supposed to be uh floral decorations but they're just shaped like jellyfish it was a bold choice the only bold choice in the entire movie yeah uh she's riding side saddle for some reason Step on a walking. separate horse next to the prince so they're not even riding in uh, a on a carriage. carriage she's not in his lap no. there's nothing remotely romantic because their horses aren't even doing a good job keeping pace with each other she's slightly in front of him for most of the scene yeah no it's it's um it's poorly done they get to the king and queen he the prince dismounts and then helps her off the horse which can be a very romantic scene but again they fail to do that it is not here they kneel before the king and queen cinderella kisses the king and queen on both cheeks and the fairy godmother appears to terrify us one last time she sings the last line of the impossible song literally in front of a painted backdrop and then she fades to green like a lizard person it's like vanishes. a weird it, it looked like maybe it was supposed to flash a bunch of different colors but it didn't it just flashed like neon green and then she disappeared I'm positive she was a lizard person. And then there's like a procession into the castle. And, and then we're thankfully done. it's the end. Blessedly finished. Oh. And we're done with this godforsaken movie. So, lows. <laughs> <laughs> Should we try for highs? Sure, let's try for highs. Let's do like mids. Mids and lows. What, what was there that you didn't hate? Okay, that's a good question. Um let's see i did not hate the i have no control over it creaky knee line i thought that was pretty funny okay i didn't hate that yeah i didn't hate that i thought that was fairly funny i didn't hate the costumes no i didn't hate all of the costumes yeah i i I was fine with most of the costumes which i was a little bit surprised with given how much i hated everything else the prints were a lot of really shiny crinkly fabrics which i thought was kind of fun I didn't love it, but I also wasn't aggressively opposed to it. So sure, it was fine. And then the outfits that the stepmother and stepsisters wear to the ball, I thought those were great. Those were those were really genuinely fun. fun. They weren't even ugly. They were genuinely fun. I liked yes. them. So okay. How are we gonna pick a low? It was such a like prolonged sameness. That was the low for me, how there weren't any highs and lows. There wasn't anything to like or dislike. It was just such an absence of good. It wasn't even bad. It was just an absence of good. I think my lows, one, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. I, I think my lows would have to be all the comedy beats that we just left on the table and did not look at or touch or pick up or even think about interacting with. I think Milo would have to be when the prince and Cinderella sing together. Their voices were so incompatible. Oh God. And it's Cinderella so was not a good singer to begin with, but when she was trying to harmonize with the prince, something oh. happened. So Lizanne Warren has a very nasal voice. And the thing is, voices, apart from 
specific notes sounding good or not good together, certain voices just do and do not sound well together, which is why some people just sound amazing singing next to one another. And two, two people who both have very lovely voices can just not sound great next to one another because they just don't have a resonance that sounds good together. And spoiler alert, they really strongly don't. So yeah, every time they sing, it's the whole movie. They sing so much. There was much less dialogue in this. Yeah. It felt like to me. Well, it was it was shorter. This was an hour and 24 minutes. It didn't feel shorter. It felt it didn't, so long. It didn't feel shorter. They spent a lot of time on sort of scenery and establishing shots instead of, you know, character but it's cinderella like we know the story you don't have to explain things to us <gasps> i changed my mind i have a new low okay what's your new low every time they tried to sell us on this being some sort of epic fantasy land anytime they mentioned dragons or wizards or unicorns it made me so irrationally angry you can't <laughs> just add you can't just say things that are cool hoping to make your movie better without including them like, you can't be like, yeah, the prince has been fighting dragons. Oh, yeah, we have unicorn oil. Like, why would you have that as if it's world building when it's just a throwaway line? A repeated throwaway line. Just a double down. It was... They said both of those lines multiple, multiple times. times. Multiple times. And it made times. me furious. That's my, that's my low. All right. If you could pick one thing to change about this movie, how long would you need to think about it? Oh, one thing. Jeez. I just, I couldn't think of a single, like, one thing that I could do to improve it. Cut all the songs. Cut all the songs. It would be 10 minutes long, Colin. It would be 10 minutes long. (laughs) That's the improvement. 10 minutes ago, I started this mistake. How about you? What is your one single change? So as mad as I am about this, because I really do love Leslie Ann Warren as an actress, I would just change the casting. I I wouldn't have cast her as Cinderella. She is a great comedy actress. She is great as a comedy singer when you want somebody with sort of a nasally tone of voice who's supposed to sound kind of obnoxious. She would have been a great stepsister. Or later on in her life, she would have been an incredible stepmother. She would have been an amazing stepsister. Oh my God, that would have been fabulous. Just cast somebody else as Cinderella. I don't know who was around in 1965, but literally anybody. Just somebody who had a good voice and could sing. Clearly they didn't need to act, but just somebody who could at least convey sweet and anything all right our listeners absolutely shouldn't watch this oh yeah there is nothing here for anybody no No, nobody should watch this uh if you're tempted to don't if you don't believe us that's fine you should still not watch it and test us because we're not lying i just you gotta take our word for it there's nothing in this that's even remotely enjoyable no and it's not that it's like painful to watch or anything it's it is. just mildly unpleasant it's like having like a muscle ache it's, it's just a humming it's just having a charlie horse droning bad feeling just a charlie horse for 84 minutes 
I can't recommend this to anybody. Yeah. So this isn't one of our normal questions, but do you think this is worse than Ella Enchanted? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Because there were things that I enjoyed in Ella Enchanted. You know, there were. There were. Carrie Elways was excellent. He was funny as hell. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with and the only reason I think I hated Ella Enchanted as much as I did is because it was based on a book and the book was so excellent and the movie was so bad. So Okay, here's a question. How would you have felt about this movie had you not seen the Julie Andrews version or the Brandy version? I probably would have liked it a little bit more. Because we are comparing it to like a movie starring Julie Andrews who's like incomparable. And basically the classic of our generation beloved by all with Brandy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have the emotional attachment to the Brandy one because I did not watch it until you and I watched it about two months ago. Okay. So for me, I do not have the nostalgic attachment to that one. Although that one is unquestionably better. I think I would have liked it a little bit more because I would not know how high the bar was. So it would be comparatively higher in the ranking than it is interesting i the the voices still would have annoyed me the backgrounds and costumes still would have annoyed me i think i would have been less upset about the lack of romance and i think i would have been less upset about the in my own little corner song okay i think that for me the things that don't work about this movie would still not work even in a vacuum oh yeah no they didn't work it's just i think i would have been less angry about them like the songs that were bad would still be bad even if I didn't know that there were like good versions out there like I can still tell that this it's not good and the jokes that didn't work like even if I knew the version in which they did work like I could still tell that it's supposed to be funny and it's not so so we watched the brand new one first and it was the first one that I'd ever seen I had didn't see that as a kid and I gotta tell you I didn't like the impossible song I thought it was stupid Mm -hmm. and I didn't like the in my own little corner song because brandy presents is very sweet and literally nothing else Mm -hmm. i didn't believe that she was highly imaginative i did not believe that she was very creative i just got an incredibly sweet person Mm -hmm. so watching the julie andrews one really expanded the stage on which oh this song actually makes a whole bunch of sense in this context and oh if you add in this dialogue this whole scene makes sense and matters and has you know an emotional impact and we just we just didn't choose to do any of that in this monstrosity of a film there was a real lack of choices there yeah like not a sense that there was someone that had a creative vision which is a complete lack of one yeah this this felt sort of like it was made by committee so i gotta ask what's your final grade for this movie f me too yep i'm i'm angry that there's not an f (laughs) minus there's just nothing about this movie that i enjoyed at all there were things that hurt less is the best i can say about this movie the things that i found funny the things that i enjoyed were things that hurt less than everything else and it was also not weird enough 
or like aggressively bad enough or stylistically bad enough to be really just okay this is just going to be awful and i'm just going to enjoy it it was f f well it's almost midnight so thanks for joining us if you like this episode though god knows why please leave us a rating or a review We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at the Cinderella Podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbity bobbity bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella again, but with more adult beverages and the ever after party, please support us at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. Until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after. Don't watch this movie. This was the worst one. Yeah. Yeah.